0: This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com for Kia day, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a fabulous service department that backs it all up every step of the way at uh, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare to have water drip on your forehead at 15-second intervals. A guy on a last-place team had a good night. High five ball,
1: deep center. Thomas back, still back, looking up.
0: Nothing, Yankees. Oh, I, I thought we were going to hear all of them.
1: <laughs> no, nah, it's just the third one or the the grand slam. Oh, okay. No, nah, I just I just picked the grand slam.
0: Yeah. I just picked the grand slam. That's great. That's that's terrific. Uh, and with that win last night, they're now 17 games back. And in the wild card, they're nine and a half back. They're further behind now than they were Sunday. That really Get the win. lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. That really was a great win. They're really lucky you showed up last night. How many runs did you guys give up last night? One?
1: Mm, yes, which was like in the eighth or ninth inning, so, I think.
0: So they only needed one home run? Okay, good. It's kind of like Bob Bucher. I hit a grand slam. It was a big hit. Made the final 13-2. to two. Aaron judges season in a nutshell how much money is he getting 40 million
2: more more okay
1: more yeah he's getting more than 40 million I think no no I think I think you're right I think it's like it's upper 30s low 40s
0: yeah yeah hmm you're playing 484 baseball.
1: I recognize that. Huh. Like I like like I said on Twitter last night or X whatever it's called. It's too it's too little too late, but it was nice to see. I guess gave me some to cheer about.
0: Would they have 882 people there last night? Okay.
1: That Actually, was a pretty decent crowd considering.
0: I would hope so. It's the metro area, 14 million. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the water just drips on the forehead, but at least we got to hear your kid again.
1: Now, that was Mark. That was his sound drop debut right there. I just recorded that last night. Oh. wow, yeah, wow,
0: oh. raising little robots all right, so
1: I lied! <laughs> what about dinner, <laughs> <laughs> Mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Must be quite the week. All right, <laughs> let's get to our high school roundtable. So we're, we're going to start with uh...
1: we got Greg and Chief here in studio, yeah. and then Zach will call us in a little bit once he gets okay, a recess break a at school. Yeah, he's we, he's going to go on recess break. Yes, <laughs> he said he has his recess break at two fifteen as he teaches at Seelyes Grove Intermediate. I think so. As soon as he as soon as the kids get out the recess, he's going to call in. Who's in charge of the classroom? <laughs>
0: Come on! Who's running the show? I know.
1: I know. Come on! Uh, so we got Greg Zach. and Chief for now.
0: Uh, I can tell you right now, we've been around Zach, Zach enough. Where in the next five to seven minutes, they're going to learn anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, let's bring in Greg and the Chief. Greg, first of all, I understand that you once again in the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament conquered all MVP. Well,
2: uh, it was fun. How's that? Everyone contributed that day.
0: So, Catrillo, Catrillo sunk a putt. He
2: he made one putt all day
0: (laughs) on (laughs) seventeen.
2: On (laughs) seventeen. But he, he he was proud
1: of that. So I was. Team, it was big at the time. Yeah. So the, te- the
0: team took 67 shots and you accounted for one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then then I had the chip on the green that set us up on 16. So yeah, it was ba- good back-to-back holes and that was about it.
2: And then, then he was finished for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, he didn't lose a ball and uh, the golf cart stayed on the course the whole day.
1: There you go.
0: Well, it's not difficult to lose a ball when it's going twenty yards. <laughs> that's
2: true. We had a couple. With, we had trouble with a couple of them, but we found them.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh good. There you go. Sixty-seven shots. Sixty-five. You are just hitting exhibition shots. Okay. Wow, that's a, that's not a great percentage, Matt.
2: <laughs> get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor.
0: Matt, do you know what you need to get to change
1: your game?
2: A tennis racket.
1: A chutter. Oh, geez, yes. Yes, that's b- that's the missing link right there, the chutter.
0: You, the, you can borrow the suits. He's, <laughs> he's gone out and he's ex- exclusively marketed it. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. So, so Paul Keels of Ohio State, we'll get to the games in the second here. Paul Keels of Ohio State, we're up on some green. We're playing in, in Bloomington, Indiana. And I was playing with Brian Bush from Michigan, and Eric Sor from Indiana, and Paul, it was our group that day. And we get, I don't know, maybe he's a foot off the green, and he pulls out this club and went, oh my goodness, I said, I've only seen one of those in my life. And he says, he says, well, it's kind of a chipping putting tool. I said, I know, I said, the guy, a friend of mine calls it a chutter. He says... That's a ridiculous name. (laughs) I said, it fits the player. All right, so. (laughs) S-U-I-T, that spells suit, Ah! Then I told him, I said, he keeps stats on it. I'm three for five. (laughs) And Paul looks at me and says, Steve, I'm just trying to get this thing close. <laughs> he says, "I'm not thinking about stats. I'm thinking about can I tap it in?" All right. So, Greg, Lewisburg, uh, one scrimmage. Uh, is there a perceivable difference in some of the things you're seeing in this team compared to a few things you saw last year? Oh, for sure. Um, number one, they've
2: changed their offense and their defense to, to fit the personnel that they currently have. Um, that That's the major thing. Second thing, though, is... Um, They scrimmage Wellsboro, and the thing that stuck out to me defensively was uh, three things. Their tackling was much better this year uh, at this time of the season compared to last year. Two, uh, their strength and speed were much different this year. They seemed to be much quicker to the ball, and uh, the angles they were taking to make those tackles and containment was much better than last year. So those are the three things that I really noticed on the defensive side of the ball. Uh,
0: Do they have the quarterback to run what they want?
2: That's a great question. Right now they're running three different kids at quarterback, Steve. And uh, I think Chase Wenrick has kind of stepped up in front. He had a little experience last year. But uh, Derek Ashy uh, a kid came out that did not play last year. He played as a freshman, did not play last year, and came out again this year. Uh, He's a baseball player. He throws the ball nicely. I think you're going to see him play some also. And then they have a third kid that's a freshman that uh, I think they'll try to work in occasionally uh, to just to get some experience. But they, they have not settled on one quarterback yet. How do you feel about the defense? I really like the defense. They have yeah. experience returning. They have four good linebackers. They have two defensive backs returning from last year. So I feel I and I think the coach coaching staff feels really good about their defense. Now, we'll find out more tomorrow when Schmokin, you know, when it it becomes real, so to speak. But in the in the scrimmage they Defensive line seem to dominate the line of scrimmage and offensive line. And uh, they have four or five running backs that can run the ball well. But defensively, they played well.
0: So, I mean, Dave's there as well. If we could bring you both in together. Mm-hmm. I mean, here the two of you have gone through this a lot. How exciting is it for you that here we are finally to a game week and you have games tomorrow night for each of you?
2: This is my favorite time of year. I don't know about Dave, but this is my favorite time
3: of year. Yeah, mine too. Uh, you know, you got a lot of things going on, and uh, it's always, uh, I, I guess, the introduction to our to the fall. But uh, yeah. nothing takes the place of football on Friday night, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What makes football on a Friday
0: night exciting for each of you? Is it just the games, or is it more than that?
3: Well. I, Greg and I both played on Friday that's nights, right. and when you were in high school, that Friday before the game or the Friday before the Saturday game, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's basically that was your day. I yeah. mean, that's what you had on your mind. And we both played for great coaches, and we both had good teams, and it was exciting. And uh, that part of me hasn't left, even though it was 51 years ago the last time I stepped yeah. on the <laughs> Chicolamy football field. Yeah. Now it to me, it's it's the community
2: too. You know, you see the school. Yeah. Coming out, Lewisburg has one of the best soccer programs in the state of Pennsylvania. But to to a game, Steve, they get maybe three hundred people. Yeah. You know, Friday night at a football game, you're you're easily looking at well over a thousand people at a football game. You know, the bands there, you get the student body involved with the band. Uh, You have the cheerleaders, and then you have students that will dress the part. You know, they sit in a section and are cheering and stuff like that. Uh, you you have alumni coming back to watch the games and stuff like that I I just don't think there's anything quite like it uh, any other sport that has that
0: type of uh, environment yeah no I agree with that because I grew up in Connecticut I I, I started for a couple years at my high school when I was a little kid I went to high school games in my town and it was was great but we always played Saturdays at Mm -hmm. One time we played at night we we, we all thought, hey, we're running out in the field. It kind of felt like we were playing Monday Night Football. And yeah. <laughs> like, hey. But then I came to this state, and then I found out what high school football really was all about. Yeah. And, you know, it's just something
3: about, it's just different here. So yeah, It really it, is. It's different in the Valley. Uh, it is, yeah. And uh, then, of course, you get a little bit southeast of here, and you get into the coal region, and the two intermix, and it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, like I said, I think you said it right, and, and uh, Greg said it right. There's, I don't think there's anything like it in, in mm-hmm. a lot of the other states. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: Dave, uh, there'll be a change in how Shikalemi plays. How yeah. excited are you to see
3: the style of play and what it can mean? Well, uh, Coach Kaiser has given uh, Logan Leiby the – the reins at offense, and Logan has uh, transformed the wing tee into uh, spread offense, and uh, with uh, with Brody Raybuck back, uh, it's, it looks like they'll have a, a chance to uh, put the ball in the air, and uh, you know, may, they might not get a long a lot of long passes, but knowing the way Logan played, there's going to be a lot of passes that are 8 to 10 yards and move them down the field, almost like you were running the ball, so and everybody likes to see the pass, <laughs> They just do. Uh, mm-hmm. I had I had the uh, I did not go to the scrimmage at Montoursville in person, but I get the huddle information and I watched the scrimmage and I got and one of the coaches sent me the their huddle game with all the comments. And you know when our kids did what they were supposed to do, we moved the ball, Steve. When, <laughs> That's you know, right. When the linemen didn't fall forward or they moved their feet to get uh, a pass rusher uh, out of the way, we did fine. We and uh, there were a lot of good comments. So. Uh, we're, they're they're young, but uh, like I said, it's the first game, so we'll we'll see what happens, and uh, it's it, I think it'll be exciting for everybody. The opening game's on the road, but the new field's been put in. How excited are you with the new field being put in? It's it's pretty. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess that's I guess that's one way to put it. But uh, it's it's a long time coming, Steve. That should have been done back uh, when I was still in teaching. When they remodeled the field, they just didn't put they put the track in, but not the artificial turf. But uh, it's impressive. They got the big Shikalimi Braves emblem right in the middle of the field, and uh, uh, I I can't imagine imagine. imagine how excited those kids are they're going to run out on it uh, you know a week from tomorrow and it'll be it'll be interesting you're going to get a lot more people at that game too Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we play uh, Mifflin County there that's pretty far away but I'm sure that uh, the home the home side will be like uh, Greg said there's going to be a lot of people there Uh, to each of you how do you view your
2: opening game I, I think uh, it's a game that the Lewisburg kids feel that they can win. Uh, they played Shamokin tough the last two years. it has been defensive battles both gears, and I think that's what they're looking at again this year. And uh, I think they're excited to go down. They feel really good about themselves, and uh, a lot of positive things have happened to this team in the last nine months, so to speak. And I think they are looking forward to Friday night.
3: Dave, it's, it's interesting with yours. Game, Greg, the old coach at Lewisburg's the coach exactly. Shamokin. That's sum. right. Yeah. So it's it might, it's a little bit of homecoming for him too. Yeah. <laughs> he's from Shamokin. He coached at Lewisburg, and now he's back at Shamokin. So. Yeah. I, listen, Chickalamee uh, has forty-four kids on their team. Uh, at last count, there fifteen of them are freshmen. Yeah. And that freshman crew last year were were terrific. Uh, they were they were by far, I think, one of the best classes that I've seen come through the feeder program. The youth football at Shikellamy has been great in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade levels also, and I think this is the first time we're going to reap the benefits of, uh, of of that type of talent. Central Columbia is in the same situation we are. They 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 have a lot of younger kids playing, and uh, I, I was looking at the linemen. I think there's six seniors on Shikellamy's team that are linemen, and uh, it's others uh, just. Uh, Luke Snyder is one of the uh, one of the kids coming. back as a running back and a linebacker, but there's going to be a lot of kids get tested. Uh, I think I talked to Mikey Hoover, the defensive back coach, and he said at the beginning of the year, I had nine players to replace on defense from last year, and then Derek Turbo Ortiz got injured, and now he has ten. So, you got one kid with experience on the defense, and uh it uh but hey i think that's one of the best places to learn how to play football mm-hmm. uh you know you, you just uh you just got to you know play the football game do your job and and uh if you can physically or, or and mentally beat the guy fr- in front of you you're going to do well so i'm optimistic i really am steve so great to hear both of you, and now we're going to bring in Zach
0: Showers. He finally sent the kids out to recess. I mean, I mean come on! This is this is this is what we're held. This is what we're held hostage to. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, Zach, thanks for the time for squeezing us yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give us give us a thumbnail on Sealings Grove after what you think of them, especially after the first scrimmage.
4: Um this is uh, this is uh shaping up I think to be a pretty fun season for Sealens Grove. Um they're a team that has especially offensively you have a, a quarterback back in Mark Pastori who's going to be in his third year starting. You have a, a, a all conference uh, running back in Tucker Teets and um you have a really great wide receiver in Gavin bastion and I think more importantly you have a lot of uh linemen that are back on this team who put a lot of time in the weight room so um, this is a team that has a ton of experience offensively um, and defensively the line solid um, they're actually have less numbers at linebacker which is quite unusual for a seal and script team so they're moving to a bit more of a 3-4-2 safety look as opposed to the 3-5 that they've run for the last probably close to 20 years but um, this is a team, an experienced team, good leadership. Um, I think a team that needs to develop a little bit of depth as the season goes on, but um, at least in the starters, I know the coaches are really excited and um, is excited for uh, what's shaping up, I think, to be a pretty fun season.
0: Where has he improved as a quarterback now that he's in his third season of being the starter?
4: Um, I think the big thing is just decision making. Um, talking to Coach Derek Hicks yesterday, um, one of the things that he stressed was just The ability to come to the line and um, in the past it was mostly one play coming in and that's the play you're running whereas now as a senior you're able to you know read the defense and if if something's there you can check in and out of a run or a pass play and look to the sidelines and and switch things up so that's i think just being able to process that um and know where you know where you can make changes based on coverage and based on what teams are showing you
0: the opener, where uh, will where will the, the test be in this opener?
4: So Delaware Valley, um, they're a five A school. They're actually the largest five A school in Pennsylvania. So um, I think one of the biggest challenges is just going to be depth. Um, Delaware Valley has a lot less two way guys compared to Seelange Grove right now. They are a they are a big physical team. Um, they have a tight end, defensive end, Aiden Black, who's going to Stanford as a tight end. Um, they're just they're big across the board, um, so it's going to be one of those matchups where I think Sealings is a little quicker team um, at skill positions and on the line. Um, but it's going to be a difficult test um, going up against a school that has a has a few more kids on the roster than Sealings does, even though Sealings Grove has a good amount of kids out. Um, but that's that's really going to be the big test. Are you going to be able to run the ball against a you know a five man front where you have two three hundred pound See tackles in there, um, you know. So that's that's where I think it's going to come down to: is the line going to be able to open up some holes and give Pastore some time to maybe hit some big plays in the passing game?
0: This is this is Keith Ulzheimer's team, right? Yes, yes, you yeah. are correct. Yeah, yeah, right there up in the border, uh, right with New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. All uh, right, you mentioned yep. one, one final question. This is uh, you talked about the fact they play fewer two-way players. Seals Grove in the Valley happens to be one of the schools that plays fewer two-way players. I mean, they have them, but they play fewer yeah. of them. How do you yeah. evaluate the depth moving forward in terms of two-way versus one-way players?
4: I, I think it's going to be fine over the course of the season. I really do. Um, it's one of, just one of those things that, you know, right now where you see, you know, the depth might be sophomores that need to play a little bit and i i think by week five week six you're going to see a lot more guys rotating in um this isn't anything new i think looking at starting lineups week one where um, you know you look and you see a lot of juniors and seniors playing both ways and then um, i think this coaching staff over time has done a really good job of getting guys ready and all of a sudden um you know you have some of those guys that were sophomores and juniors coming into their own and they might be starting week seven week eight to just give guys breathers so i think i think the depth is there um it's just going to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. to build it and uh has their work cut out with delaware valley and then um you know a 4a juniata team that lost in the state playoffs and then jersey right. shore the first three weeks so there's not any time to really kind of ease into this season guys are going to really need to step up and be ready to go from week one.
0: Your principal call recess is over. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, and uh, thanks Absolutely. so much for being with us and squeezing us in.
4: Hey, no problem. Look forward to it all season.
0: You bet. Zach showers. So there you go, our opening high school roundtable of the season, where we found out what your real contributions were in the golf course. Um <laughs> We found out that the Schicklemi football field, the new one, is pretty, and we found out that uh, we aren't Zach's top priority. <laughs> I thought this the uh, the segment was successful. What do you think?
2: Oh my almighty!
0: <laughs> uh, I give Zach a lot of credit teaching kids. You know, Greg and, and and Chief, same thing in their their life and careers. Phenomenal. Well, we're lucky to have all of them. Lucky to have all of them. And we thank them for joining us every week. And uh, we're off and running with another high school football season tomorrow. Wow. I am so thrilled about that. As I was saying earlier, I know we're going to take a break here. But, I mean, I grew up in Connecticut. And, you know, and and I started for a couple years in high school. And... Kevin and I, my senior year, played together. And high school football was always cool, but we always played when I was, we played on Saturdays. And when we were kids, we'd go over and we'd watch the high school games. And then, of course, we got to play in them and the crowds were fine, except on Thanksgiving we'd, you know, they'd set it up. We had a crosstown rival, a high school that no longer exists. But Crosstown Rivals, uh, on Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m. would play, and they'd get maybe 10,000 people to the game. But then I came to Pennsylvania, and on a Friday night, I found out what big-time high school football looks like. Wow. Special.
5: Attention, Central Pennsylvania truck buyers. This is the one event you've been waiting for. Subbury Motors is having their 75th annual August new Ford truck sale with savings up to $8,465 and financing as low as 1.9%. All new Ford F-150s will be priced at just $75 over invoice and they will come with a genuine Ford bedliner. Ford Motor Company has awarded SMC 42 additional F-150s to meet consumer demand during this unprecedented sale. The Ford F-150 is America's number one selling truck for 46 consecutive years, and one is sold every 49 seconds. Sunbury Motors has 23 new Ford Explorers available with savings up to five grand, and they start from just $43,375. Pick from 17 of the totally redesigned Ford Escapes, and SMC has them slashed $2,500, and they start from only $30,890. Sunbury Motors in the North Forest Street Auto Plaza Sunbury, proudly owned by the Mertz family for over a century. Hurry before someone gets your new truck.
0: This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee fabulous service department that backs it all up every step of the way. Great technicians at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We have now gone through a show where we've had multiple guests and have only given you one opportunity to whine, moan, and complain. <laughs>
1: Actually, it's kind of worked out pretty well because the rant I had about the Trey Lance situation is about all that I've seen that's come across so far that's gone to me that riled up. Really? So it's kind of worked out today so far.
0: Oh, well, good. Boy, I'm glad it's been such a calm day for you. <laughs> that's, that's great. I'll tell you right now, it's, all that medication you were talking about's paid off. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, the uh, Iowa gambling story has been a big one. Uh, And it's something that we have harped on for weeks. This is not one of those things where it came up today or yesterday and we talked about it. We talked about it for weeks and we brought up Noah Shannon's name for about a month. Uh, He's going to appeal, but there's a difference, okay? There's a difference between pro sports and college sports. In pro sports, because of a union, when you appeal your suspension, you continue to play until there's a determination one way or the other. Not in college sports. Not in college sports. You don't play until it's determined what the end, end game is. So he has been suspended for the season. But the mystery is there are two other people, Matt, that have been also hit with some sort of sanction that they have not revealed yet because of FERPA laws. And the FERPA statute, which which protects students, not just student-athletes, but students... On campuses uh, that is uh, we may not we may not find out who those other two happen to be until they play the opener but what happens is that I, I remember when the story came out that they were going to put a casino a mini casino it's called at the Nittany Mall where Macy's used to be here in State College and it hasn't been built yet it hasn't it's still going through whatever process uh, it has to go through you know there have been people that have protested against it and so forth. I mean protested there haven't been people with pickets or anything like that but they've been against it and and somebody said oh casino like that in a college town oh you know and a sports book to beat like really well the sportsbook part doesn't mean much of anything I mean I don't know how many casinos met well I guess you've been to almost every casino um i've got I've had calls from ballys I've had calls from the wind you know yeah they love you F O U L E D. That spells foul. D- uh, but the you know the bottom line is that uh, um, when you look at sports, Anytime I've been in a casino, and as and as you know, I've never placed a bet anytime It's just not me. It doesn't. I have no intrigue to do it. There's not even a remote temptation to do it. It's just me. Uh, but I've been to many casinos because Penn State basketball has played in Atlantic City they played in Las Vegas you know so I've been you know places that you know they played at the mohegan Sun in Connecticut and I've stayed there've i stayed at these places well you know you want to go down to eat dinner you go to the casino so I see it I've been in a, in a bunch of them and you'll go buy book. you know what is what I find interesting when you go buy sports book there aren't many people in it you know what I mean? There aren't many people in a sports book. And one of the reasons... Now, and the people that are there, yeah, they're placing their, their wagers and so forth, but they have multiple games and multiple sets, so it's almost like a sports bar atmosphere. Uh, people can make their wagers by phone now. They can use their phone. They can go online. They can go online with all this. And because they can go online to then make their wager. That's why having one here would be no big deal. It may be a big deal for people who want to play roulette, blackjack, things like that. Um, Well, slots, whatever. But in terms of the sportsbook part of it, anybody can place it from their phone anytime, anywhere. What the players at Iowa and Iowa State are charged with is A, they're underage, and B... They were using fake names, it is alleged, to place the bets to essentially cover up that. Now, maybe they were covering up that they're underage, or maybe they were covering up the fact that as student-athletes, they were trying to get people to not know who they are, whatever. But that's why when I laugh when I hear, well, they must not be doing a great job of communicating the rules to them uh, they're using fake names. They know, I said evidently they do know the rules <laughs> because they don't want to use their own names. They must know some rules. <laughs> uh, but as I said yesterday, and I continue to, I want to emphasize it, don't start jumping up and down because, oh, look what happened to them. Every coach in America is scared to death of this. They are so worried about it. It's another thing to worry about. And when Iowa, I'm sorry, when the Alabama um, baseball scandal came up and the coach ended up being fired for it, the bet was made at Great America Ballpark in Cincinnati. And the A's, I mean, the Reds were on the road playing the A's at the time. But that tells you how diligent these people are looking for this stuff. That bet was made in Ohio. It wasn't even made in Birmingham or Tuscaloosa or Montgomery or whatever. It wasn't made in Huntsville. It was made in Ohio. And they tracked it down. Wow. Wow. What does that tell you? That's how diligent they are, and how well they can track your phones. How well they can track your phones. Okay, so team goes over to Beaver Stadium tonight. Uh, it's only—it's only—it's a shorter. They had a long workout yesterday. And the long workout yesterday, you know, Jack Ham was here, so spent a lot of time with Jack yesterday. We went over a lot of stuff. Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, had a long talk with him yesterday. Not a short talk, not like, hey, how are you doing? Great, hey, great to have you. No, we talked for a while about a lot of different items. Uh, one of those you would have loved to have been a fly in the wall for. It. Um, and, and Pat Kraft was over there, too. And um, Pat's going to be the guest on the show next Thursday night when we get going. It'll be Pat and then James Franklin. It all gets going next week. And I think that uh And tonight's going to be a shorter one, and they'll be more. Then they'll do more tomorrow. They're up to the part now where they've broken into scout teams, and they've been working on what West Virginia does. So that's where they are. No, James did not name a starting quarterback yesterday. He did not name a starting kicker yesterday. Um, and he really, there was a there was a very simple. Do you know what the simple reason was why he didn't do it yesterday?
1: And keep the competition up. No, to make you mad. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I think the specialists are a different story. Um, but as far as the quarterback goes, I mean, he doesn't need, in this case, he doesn't need to name a starter. I mean, this is almost yeah. uh, a lazy, I don't want to say lazy, I think it's a little too harsh, but we all know who the starter is going to be. It's going to be number 15, and I won't be surprised if we see a little bit of bow in there in certain packages. Um, throughout the course of a game.
0: Well, same thing with, with West Virginia. He hasn't named a starting quarterback, but he did say that he knows who it is. And the team knows who it is. Okay. I don't care. I can figure out numbers and names. <laughs> not not that worried about it. Then there's your guy Cashman. Um, he says... Says the fans have made their thoughts on him loud and clear. They're disappointed. Quote, it's been a disaster of a season. We're embarrassed by it.
1: Wow. Are you embarrassed? Yeah, it's been his team has been an embarrassment this year, no doubt about it. Wow. Cashman was non committal
0: on Aaron Boone. Cashman said that Boone has been doing everything he possibly can do and that he's pulling all his levers. He noted that Boone called the team meeting following Friday's loss to the Red Sox. And after that, they promptly lost more games in a row. He said Boone would be evaluated, though he didn't say by whom. I think we're all going to be evaluated, Cashman said. We're going to look at every aspect of the operation because that's what you have to do under these circumstances. He says, nobody's happy here. Do you, are you happy, Matt?
1: No, I'm not happy with how well, the season's gone.
0: Two wonderful kids, great family. <laughs> You're not happy. <laughs> wow. He says, we're better than this, but it's not... But they have not played better than this. We'll see. Stay tuned. The first comment in the story, no one does less with more than Cashman. Next comment was, well, as long as Boone is pulling all the levers. The next comment was, I feel better already. <laughs>
1: While I don't necessarily disagree with those comments, I will say this. I was... These are your people commenting. They're speaking for you. <laughs> I know, but I will say this. I I thought it was refreshing, and I don't I necessarily I'm, – I'm not surprised by this. I expect this from Cashman. He always has been pretty frank about the situation of a team. While still giving the, quote, GM speak – in terms about Boone on doing all he can do and stuff like that. I thought he was pretty frank, and I give him credit for standing well, up like that to the media saying it's an embarrassment and a disaster of a season because that's exactly how fans characterize it. I mean, really I was give, always... That's the only thing I always give him credit for is he's always honest in terms I mean, of evaluating there, the there team. There really
0: isn't much more Boone can do. I mean, I no. do I think he's one of the top managers in the game? No, I don't. I never have. Uh, but I also think that he is limited by his personnel as to which buttons he can push. Hey, let's run. Let's push the button where we're stealing bases. Uh, we don't have anybody who can steal bases. Okay, well, why don't we put uh, some tape over that button and not use it? Uh, then there's your guy Jack Swarbrick at Notre Dame. He was on the Dan Patrick Show. He called the state of college athletics, quote, a complete disaster.
1: Yes, he did, yeah.
0: Everybody in the industry has to take responsibility here. I'm not excluding myself from that. The decision-making lost its way in terms of the focus of the student-athlete and what's primarily best for them. But we are where we are, and we have to try and make it work. This is your guy.
1: Again, I don't disagree. But at the same time, he needs to get up with the times at the same time, or else it's going to get worse for him and not everybody else in college football. Well, he's not going to be there. He's retiring. Regardless, Notre Dame's got to stop being an independent.
0: This is your team. Do you follow who comes and goes there? (laughs) (laughs) I worry about it. If it's not Aaron Judge and Jalen Hurts, you don't know anything about your teams. You should have heard how confused you were when Hurts got hurt. What do we do now? (laughs) who's that guy quarterback that's not Jalen Hurts who's this Bowers guy that's why I was talking about war in my classroom I said this guy goes well he was talking about Francisco Lindor and he says he's fifth among war among shortstops this is what the kid says to me in class I I looked at him I said do you have two eyes I said they're both working I said he's not one of the top five shortstops in the game I said he used to be, but he isn't now. So I worry about all this, like all this statistical momo jumbo. You have two eyes. Is is Lindor one of the top five shortstops of the game? Right. So let's take Judge. Judge exits. I don't need a WAR number to tell me he's one of the top players in the game. And when Bowers is playing right field, the Yankees aren't as good. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Ay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. All these stats were made up for people who really don't know what they're saying. He's fifth in war. He's not playing as well. He's the guy was an all star right now. He's I don't know what he's doing out there. But he's fifth in war though. That means there are twenty five other shortstops behind him. Really? Okay. I could name fifteen off the top of my head right now that are playing better than he is, and at some point Volpe will start hitting. Volpe's not a bad shortstop; he's actually pretty good out there.
1: Yeah, he's definitely gotten a lot better as the as the years gone on. I, I I've always liked him, always, I, and, and so far I've been that same way. So
0: impressive. We'll wrap things up on News Radio 1070 WKOK.